life, I found that discouragement screams while hope whispers. And I think there's a lot of discouragement that comes into our lives. And sometimes the noise of discouragement that creates the frustration that we live in is so loud and so big and so consistent, it sort of pounds through the moments of our days and hope is hard to hear. If you spend any time glancing through the scriptures, you you discover very quickly this guy named King David. He's not unknown. We know that he was a king of Israel, and even today it's the, the flag of David that flies over the nation of Israel. But have you ever thought about the noise that must have been in his mind every single day? Think about who David was. When Israel was searching for a king, Jesse, David's own father, said, hey, I'm going to show you all of my sons except one, David. I'm not even going to bother bringing David out. David's own father didn't even believe in him. David marries later the former king's daughter, and his father-in-law, the king, hates him, and his wife, because he thought, hey, marriage solves everything, but it didn't, his wife despises him, and Scripture says she criticized him daily. David has a daughter that's molested by a family member. He has a son that tries to take over the kingdom and take out David, and that son is killed. And there's this massive family fight and conflict that's taking place. David's life, in many ways, is one problem after another. And then on a bad day, in a weak moment, he commits adultery. He murders that lady's husband. He's at the lowest point of his life, And we find him in 1 Samuel chapter 30 at a place called Zigzag. 1 Samuel Samuel chapter 30 verse 1. David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Do you remember last Sunday? Three, third, wholeness, completion. They reached it on the third day. He finds out his family's been kidnapped. His home has been burned to the ground. And his men, his own men, want to kill him. And then we read this verse. It's one of those nuggets tucked away in Scripture that It's very easy to glance over and miss the meaning of what it actually says. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. With all of the noise of failure, with all of the noise of betrayal, the noise that pain and suffering creates in our minds, the noise of shame and guilt, with all of the noise, he chases the noise of hope. There's a psychological term called learned helplessness. It was invented in the 60s and 70s. It's a result of the study of people who've been through intense pain or trauma in life and heartache and what we do when we feel helpless. And there were many tests that were done in this study. They also tested animals. For example, in India, the way they would train elephants is when they were little, they would tie a rope to their ankle and put a stick in the ground and, and connect that rope to the stick. And so the elephant could only walk a certain distance as a little baby elephant, and then the rope would tug, and so the elephant would stop because it couldn't go any further. They would keep the elephant tied up, and then as the elephant grew older, by the time it was full grown, a massive beast that could easily pull that stick right out of the ground, it had learned a helplessness. All they had to do as elephants would travel with the circus is put that stick in the ground, tie a rope to it, tie the rope, no matter how small, to the ankle of the elephant, and that massive elephant would walk until the end of that rope was there, and it would tug the ankle, and the elephant would stop. It wouldn't even try. It learned 
helplessness. It quit. There was no try left in it. The same people that were studying that also studied rats. And they put rats in some water, and after about 10 minutes, the rats drowned. Then they got more rats, put them in water, and around nine and a half minutes, as the rats began to really panic, and they noticed that they pulled them out, dried them off, gave them something to eat, set them to the side for about an hour, and then they put them back in the hour, in the water. This time when they put them back in the water, the rats swam for 18 minutes, and they began to panic. The, the people doing the research noticed that. They pulled them out again, dried them off, left them out of the water for about an hour, put them back in. The next time they put them in, the rats swam for 30 minutes. They kept doing this, and the rats ended up swimming for 37 hours. The psychologist came to the conclusion, if you can learn helplessness, you can learn hope. With a little bit of hope, you can keep swimming, you can keep believing, you can keep growing. I think it's what happened to the nation of Israel all the way back in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 14. They're wandering around, they've been wandering around in the wilderness. And verse 3 says, they are wandering in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. Then in verse 9, the Egyptians pursued them, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamped at the sea. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. So what do you do? When you feel like King David and life has been one disappointing blow after another and the noise of failure and pain and betrayal and shame and guilt is so loud you can hear nothing else. What, what, what do you do when it's like Moses and you feel, you feel trapped? You feel like you have no options. The Red Sea's in front of you. There are mountains beside you and behind you is Pharaoh's army and they're closing in. What, what do you do when you're out of options? when you've been overtaken by circumstances and and shut in and shut down by life, and you have your list, the tragedies, the disappointments, the failures, the things that have happened that were so unfair in your life, and there's really nothing left to do. There are no more options. We love options. What we watch on our phones or on our TVs, where we go to eat, how we'll travel to get there. If the doctor gives you bad news, your question might be, what are my options? When it comes to C3, what service to attend? If you're going to go to the beach, we live in Central Florida, which is awesome. Option of East Coast or West Coast. We are an option-driven society. And I believe for the child of God, for the Christ follower, it is of ultimate importance that you remember, that I remember, when you're out of options, it does not mean you're out of opportunity. You can be out of options, but not out of opportunity. Webster defines opportunity this way, a favorable juncture of circumstances, a good chance for advancement or progress. See, as a Christ follower, when you're out of options, the stage has just been set for a divine opportunity. You may run out of options, But you'll never run out of opportunity to seek God. You'll never run out of opportunity to encourage yourself in the Lord. The children of Israel in Exodus were out of options. See, our enemy loves to orchestrate as best he can scenarios in this life where we reach the point of being out of options. And when we're there, it's only at that address 
that we can experience God like we've never experienced him before. In every moment that you and I run out of options, there is this unique hidden opportunity to see the power and the purpose and the presence of God in a special way in your life in that moment. And so maybe today you feel like Moses. You're at the Red Sea. There are mountains beside on either side. The, the, the armies of Pharaoh are closing in and advancing. There are no options. You feel pressure from every angle. You have no moves left. In the moments of life when your health is beyond the doctor's ability, when your finances are beyond what the bank can do, when your circumstances are beyond the reach of your friend's help, when your situation is beyond what the lawyers can control, and you, you can't seem to move forward in any direction, in those moments, only then, often do we realize, only God can do something now. Only God is the only option I have at this point. And that, that's when we can chase the noise of hope when we can run fast to search the scriptures and quickly go to the possibilities that can be unlocked through prayer. It's in the moments that we have no options whatsoever. We can't control what's taking place, that we have the greatest opportunity to see God move on our behalf. If you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Christ, it's when you have nothing that you actually have everything. And there will be this deafening noise in those hopeless moments. When we're out of options, the tracks of despair are turned up, and it it seems like sometimes it's all we can hear. How do you turn down that noise so that you can hear the noise of hope? I think of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, which says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. One translation says, to help us in our time of need of trouble. See, I I need to tell you, according to the scriptures, if you're a follower of Christ, you may be overtaken, but you're not forsaken. And the struggle of our human condition is, is that we tend to roll through life with so many options that often we live as though we don't need God. But notice what took place. It seems like God is leading the children of Israel into this trap. He's led them to this point, and now the Red Sea's in front of them, mountains beside them, Pharaoh's army behind them, But it wasn't a trap for Israel. It was a trap for Pharaoh and his armies. It's not always what it looks like. These are the opportunities. This moment, this pain, this season of no options. This is going to work for you because it's here that God can do something powerful in your life. You hear the tone of frustration because you see no options. Let me ask you, with options... Who's in control? You are. With no options, who's in control? God is. He has to be because we can do nothing. And God will show himself, his power, and his rescue just for you. It's that moment of desperation. You have to have God move. There's no other way. When we have no one else to look to, we look to a God who's been waiting for our look. We can't fix it. We can't erase it. We can't make it better. We're out of options. And it's at that moment, as a follower of Jesus, that we we open up to the possibility of being led by God, of trusting God. Notice God says, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. 
wait a minute. God, you're telling us to go forward into the Red Sea? You're telling us to go forward into what seems like it'll be our destruction, our death? And you're telling us to go forward into an impossibility. But don't let the obvious rob you of the supernatural. It's because we let ourselves become overwhelmed by the obvious that we rarely get to see the supernatural. Hey, C3, it applies to us as a church. We may be portable, but our God is permanent. We may have been through a pandemic of fear, but the church can create an epidemic of love. Your income may have fallen, but often it's then that your faith can rise up. We are going forward. We're going to walk into the future in faith because we walk by faith, not by sight. And Moses, Moses back in that day, holds a rod over the Red Sea and the Red Sea parts and they walk across on dry land. Now imagine the moment. Pharaoh's armies are coming, the mountains are on the side, the Red Sea in front, and Moses, out of obedience, holds a rod over the water. Sometimes moving forward in faith will look foolish. A rod over the water, (laughs) what's that going to do? Sometimes moving forward in faith will look foolish but only for a moment. It's when all the options were gone for the children of Israel that they got this divine opportunity. So stop talking like there's no way out of this. Stop focusing on the fact that you don't know how to fix it or make it better. How our God must laugh at us sometimes at our insistence on handling life and controlling life. Is anything impossible for God? And in all the noise of discouragement... In all the moments of frustration, when we're at that point where we're out of options, if, if, you're, if you're a Christ follower, if you have faith, often we'll say things like, it's so bad that all we've got left is God. It's so bad that all we've got left is God. You mean, you mean the one who spoke the world into existence? You mean the one who raised the dead, the one who walked on the water? You mean the one who turned water to wine? You, you mean the one who puts breath in your lungs every single day? You mean the one whose voice the sun and the moon obey? You mean the one who sent his son to die for you and me because of his deep abiding love for us? You mean the one who defeated hell and death? You mean the one who thought the world would be missing something if you didn't exist? You mean the one who chose to orchestrate the circumstances of your life on this very day, in this very moment, knowing you would be connected online with C3 this morning just so he could speak this into your heart and soul? You mean the one who's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? You mean the one who's the creator of the universe and the master of our lives? You mean the one who is a way maker, miracle worker, mountain moving God? You mean the one who's a light shining in the darkness? All we have left is, is God? If all we've got is him, we've got more than enough. If all you've got is him, you've got more than enough. It doesn't matter how big the mountains are, how bad the armies are, or how dreadful the future looks in front of you. Because nothing is impossible with God. So stop looking around and start looking up. Because looking around hasn't worked. You think you're out of options. You think there's no escape. Hey, what if you stop trying to escape what God wants you to experience? What if you stop trying to get out of what God wants you to go through? When you run out of options, chase the noise of hope 
by turning to God. And it is a deliberate choice to turn down the racket of despair and to turn up the perspective of trusting God, believing God, no matter what it looks like. See, it might be that you're not experiencing all of God that you could because you've got too many options. Can you just imagine what God could do in your life if you're married in your marriage, in your family, in your parenting, if you have kids? Can you just imagine what God could do in your self-confidence? Can you imagine what God could do when it comes to your kindness toward other people, toward how you roll through your day? Can you imagine what God could do if you began each day with him for a few moments, turning up some hope in your life instead of all the other options you have of how you start your day? 365 days a year, 3,650 days in a decade. In the average lifetime, 27,375 days. Choosing for God to deposit something in your life. First thing in the morning that is helpful and meaningful and inspirational and directional in your life. Think of what you're missing when you turn to other options to begin your day. Or there's 52 weeks In a year, 52 weeks in a year, every week, beginning that week, allowing God to put a major deposit in your life connected with a community of faith called church that was God's idea. To put a major deposit in your life, in your friendships, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your personal growth, in your habits, in your wisdom. 520 times in a decade, 3,900 large deposits beginning each week of your life in a lifetime connected with a local church. Something that God thinks so much of, the church, that he calls it the bride of Jesus. Can you imagine if you turned up some hope and just made the decision, I'm going to begin the week as part of church. I'm going to kick it off in that direction to turn up some hope in my life, to allow God to make this major deposit in my life instead of beginning the week with other options. See, I'm afraid too often we turn up the noise of options so loud in our lives that we can't hear the noise of hope. And we've got to silence those other options so that we can embrace and feel and live the significance of hope. And it only takes a little bit. You were created to be a powerful being. So it's time to kick the stick and move from stuck because God says go forward and he'll take care of the impossible every single time. So this week, no matter who you are, this week, there are at least four, there are more, but there are at least four areas we can all go forward. You can go forward in beginning each day with reading a few verses of scripture and talking to God in prayer. And if you've never prayed, you you can talk to God just like you talk to a friend. You can be honest with God. God is big enough to handle your honesty. He's big enough to handle your questions. God is big enough and loving enough to handle when we're frustrated or angry with even him. So we can go forward beginning each day in reading scripture and praying. You say, man, I've never read scripture. I don't even know where to start. There's an app called YouVersion. You can download that. Where do I start? Start with the Gospel of John. Just, just search Gospel of John because it gives an overview of the life of Jesus. It's the fourth book in the New Testament. And just start there, reading maybe a chapter a day. We can also go forward, and this is huge. We can go forward in helping some, someone else go forward each day. And maybe it's just a handshake. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's an encouragement of, man, it's good to see you today. You never know how encouragement, a small drop of encouragement can go such a long way in benefiting 
someone's life. See, when people, when people are dying of thirst, a little bit of water goes a long way. And we live in a discouraging world. And so when you bring encouragement to people day to day in your life, you help them go forward. We can also go forward right now in deciding now that later matters. Hey, next Sunday to begin next week, it matters. And I want to invite you to join us in the room. Man, we love technology. We love online. I love the fact that you're joining us online. But there's something special. It goes to a whole nother level in the room. So I want to encourage you, c3church.cc forward slash gather. I'd love to see you in the room. I'd love to see what God's going to do in your life if you're in the room as we begin next week together. We can go forward in doing that. And we can go forward by being used by God to invite somebody to turn up some hope in their lives by joining us next Sunday. Hey, the truth is, most of us are here because there was a time in our lives when we ran out of options. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're watching because you're out of options and there's an emptiness inside. And today, when you're out of options, is the greatest opportunity for you to meet the God of the impossible. And so I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if today you would like to invite Jesus into your life, to commit your life to him, to turn up the noise of hope in your life, I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You, you can pray it in your heart, in the quietness of your heart. The Bible says in Matthew 6, Jesus knows our thoughts. Or you can pray it out loud. But just pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive my sin. And help me to live for you. As best I know how, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I would love to know that. I want to invite you to shoot me a text. Just put your first name and send the text to 407-487-8311. The reason I ask you to do that is I'll get that list of names this afternoon. I would love to be able to pray for you by name. I'd love to be able to send you a free gift. So just shoot me your, your first name to 407-487-8311.